civilized world. This was to be the next-to-last day of our art tour of Europe. Saturday morning began with a visit to Eugène Delacroix's home and studio. The studio contained Delacroix's palette, his easel, the chair he sat in, and his writing desk. Just my wife Beverly and I went to his studio because everyone else in the group wanted to sleep late as they were getting pretty tired of being dragged around museums and galleries from morning till night. We arrived at the Delacroix Museum at nine, and just before eleven o'clock, we returned to our hotel room to get our little group ready to go to the Georges Pompidou Center of Modern Art. This was to be one of the high points of the tour of Europe. Back in the hotel room, there was a feeling of nausea rising up inside me. A few times on our trip, I had had indigestion and taken some over-the-counter antacid and aspirin tablets, which always alleviated the discomfort. Now, I took two aspirin and washed them down with some stale coke from the evening before and continued talking to one of the students, trying to ignore the growing discomfort in my stomach. As I was talking to my student, Monica, about the day's plan, I felt as though I'd been shot. There was a searing pain in the middle of my stomach. My knees collapsed, and I sank to the floor. I held my gut and screamed with pain. Something terrifying was happening inside me, and I didn't know what it was. I was surprised that there was no wound on the outside of my body. In fact, there had been no sound, and as I glanced about, there was no way a bullet could have entered the room. I looked up at the windows that opened onto the balcony. Morning sunlight was streaming through the closed glass of the balcony doors, filtered through the sheer curtains. There was no broken glass where I expected to see a bullet hole in the window, no ripped hole in the pristine curtain. There was only a wound deep inside my abdomen. The pain was drowning me, like I was sinking into a lava pool of agony. As I thrashed about on the floor in desperate confusion, I searched feverishly for some explanation of what was happening to me. One minute I was talking with Monica about our upcoming museum visit, and the next I was writhing on the floor, consumed with pain. I had collapsed at the foot of the bed, but had wriggled my way into the narrow space between the wall and the bed. In terror, I struggled into a space where I would be safely wedged into a fetal position. Constricted between the bed and the wall, I struggled to control my rising panic. By screaming and groaning, I knew I was adding to my predicament and making it impossible for my wife to understand what was happening to me. I screamed for my wife Beverly to get a doctor. She was numb with shock. I cursed at her when she didn't respond. She composed herself enough to call the hotel desk and was told that a doctor would be summoned immediately. From the floor, I looked up at the full-length windows and the French doors to the balcony. Through the transparent white curtains, light was flooding into the little hotel room, and outside, the sky was a brilliant cerulean blue. 
Somehow I felt reassured by the beauty of the day. Something was very wrong with me, but I took comfort in the fact that a doctor was on the way. This was Paris, the city of light. I would be okay. As I waited, the pain kept getting worse. I tried to be stoic. I fought to control the gnawing terror. In ten minutes, the doctor arrived. He was slightly built and in his early thirties. I could resist only feebly as he struggled to pull me up onto the bed. He asked me what had happened as he opened the buttons of my shirt to examine my stomach. His probing fingers on my abdomen aggravated the pain. I fought against him. He said, I had a perforation in my duodenum. I must go to a hospital right away. Will I need an operation?